0: Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of AppRising, the podcast from POC, where we talk about everything app. We've had a great start to the year. Um, Hopefully you've heard the previous episode to this where we were over at NRF and we had a fantastic conversation with Jenna Flatman posner from Snipes. If you haven't, I really urge you to go back and listen to that one. But this one is all about um, our customers over in the UK. We had the great opportunity to host our first face-to-face event uh, for quite some time um, in early February, um, which we call AppRising. And we got to see everybody in a room together and we got to talk about lots of fun app things Um, And what we've done on this episode is we've pulled together some of the highlights from that. So in this episode, you'll be hearing from Revolution Beauty, Hobbycraft and Arena Flowers. We hope you enjoy it.
1: I'm Helen. I'm the CRO at POC, uh, hopefully known to most of you here. Um, And I'm going to be running a series of intimate fireside chats um, with some great retailers who have decided to put up uh, at some part of their digital channel strategy. And I'm really delighted to be joined first up by Sally, Sally Minto from Revolution Beauty. Uh, so welcome, Sally. So mm, <laughs> Lovely to be here, <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, and so we're just gonna ask a series of questions, make it nice informal, and, and interactive. So just for the audience, it would be great if you could introduce Revolution Beauty and mm-hmm. a little bit about your role as digital director, just to kind of set the scene. Yeah, I was going to ask
2: how many people here knew Revolution, but I actually
1: can't see
2: any of you right now. <laughs> But it's a show of hands, yes. So, um, so um, I mean, I, uh, I could do a very long description, but I won't. Um, we're obviously a beauty company. We are British-born. Um, we are actually just coming up to our 10th anniversary. So oh, wow. we were um, first went to market in 2014. Um, we've been called a disruptor, but um, uh, what we do, and, and that's indeed part of our heritage, but we are um, mass beauty in cosmetics and skincare primarily. We are global. We started off global and we're in over 60 countries. Um, We have a retail footprint as well as um, D2C and digital retail. Um, You will most likely have seen us in Superdrug where we're uh, front of house and we sit alongside the likes of Maybelline and L'Oreal. But we also have some uh, great uh, digital retailers as well where we sit within uh, beauty specialists like uh, Look Fantastic or beauty bay uh and then what's been really interesting is the rise of beauty uh within the fashion space so we've got one of our um two of our best customers in this area is asos and zalando in europe um but um we firmly believed in direct to consumer right from the word off so right back in 2014 we launched our first products online we've always prioritized that and that's Kind of makes us a little bit different to a lot of beauty brands um, who are mostly wholesaled through third parties. Um, We've always prioritised that as part of our proposition, um, mainly so that we can understand our consumer uh, more. um, Because we use the information, do lots of testing and learning around products um, and engagement and we then feed that back into the business
1: oh, that's so. i mean it's great i mean it's and i think the thing for everybody here is you know in in this particular time particularly in the uk it's just amazing to have a disruptor like revolution beauty who is really changing the shape of the sort of beauty and, and makeup business, and you know, congratulations on your ten years. Um, so, describe a typical Revolution customer t- to to us. You know, who is she or he or or they, um, mm-hmm. and what do they like to enjoy with you? Well, um, just looking
2: at you know primarily our D two C consumers. Um, well, I've got some data, obviously. Um, <laughs> Um, it's no surprise it's mostly women but it's actually 25% men which is interesting so um, you know we do obviously have a a big gifting um, proposition we also launched revolution man this year uh, which is uh, last year which is very interesting but um, yeah and I think the way I'd characterize our consumer is um, you know we hit the we hit the, the market at the time of the rise of social media as an influencer around, um, around products. And we built the business with nano influencers who just started talking uh, about us. And, and we were one of the very early engagers of you know, the big hit of influencers as well. So we've always used social media really to communicate ourselves and so our consumer is very much focused on trend so they want constant newness they're getting faster and faster and they're you know they're uncompromising around what they think brands should stand for so one of the you know which is um very important to us is that we've had um very very strong brand values right from the outset so Um, we were one of the first mass brands to champion diversity we were the first mass brand to have a concealer in 50 shades now that is normalized now um, but back in uh, 2014-2015 that was you know that was very unusual so um, yeah we've been at the forefront of leading some of the more sort of social um, change trends within the beauty industry. Um, we also got into skincare um, mm. a few years back, and that's uh, where people are starting to, you know, it's not only about cosmetics, yeah. but it's how they look after their skin in relation to that as well. So, and what's really interesting is how those things, those two things are blending now, because, yeah. you know, younger generation, they like to, to look after their skin. So it's yeah. all about having skin benefits within beauty products. So, we're very much about that and, and uh, yeah, so, you know, that's um, put us in good stead.
1: And um, talking a little bit about the customer, you clearly have a number of different channels. I mean, we talked about social and the background from TikTok. Um, so let's move on to app now. So um, last year um, you launched your app for the yep. first time. So. Why then? Because we know that it's been thought about for a while. What 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 sort of made the decision to actually launch it as a channel? That's right.
2: And and you know, it was, you know, I, would, I will say it took us a long time because it's you know it, it feels like a big consideration because it's another platform. You have to consider about the cost. To consider about your team. Have they got the, the, the bandwidth to be able to manage? Something else when mobile was obviously, you know, you know, the over indexing of our business on mobile was much earlier than maybe I've I'd previously seen. And um, I would say that, you know, for, for, from that point of view, we were like, well, we've got an amazing mobile app. Why do we need this? You know, it's there's a lot of talk about these things, but it's quite a big consideration. And um, and I think it was because of that, because we had such a, a a mobile-driven customer that we decided that we would. And having had lots of chats with you over a period of time, we decided that we would um, we, we would give it a go. And actually, I've been quite surprised. My expectations <laughs> were um, well, first of all, as a project, it was very easy. It's probably the as simplest. Uh, <coughs> my <coughs> digital. Development team will tell you it's the simplest project they've ever done with the least most issues and actually everything kept to yeah. time and was delivered um, with very few difficulties. So that's great for Team POC. Well done. Um, but um, the what I was expecting to see, um, because we'd already implemented um, loyalty and we were getting some great results on that, that what I was expecting that this would then be an added value proposition for our loyal customers that we would in the majority see uh, returning customers um we've been spending a lot of time on our retention strategies um i'd say three or four years ago we were more 80 percent new customers to our website so we really have worked hard over a period of time and we've doubled again our um customer uh, retention rates this year and um and it, so it was very much my expectation that this would be an engagement place, and I love push notifications. So we <laughs> didn't have that before. So that was always in the back of my mind as a great thing. And um, but I was really surprised to see that actually 63% of the people on um, on our app shopping on our app was actually new customers. So that was quite interesting. Um, some of that is. Uh, where people are landing on our website, seeing the smart banner and going, mm-hmm. okay, I'll go over there. But that's quite interesting for someone coming and interacting with you for the first time that they would go that step further. I was interested to hear about the drop-off rates on uh, on that, and I need to look into we've that a bit more, yeah, <laughs> because uh, we haven't done all of that analysis yet. But um, But it's great because all of the good work that we've been doing around our loyalty scheme and our retention means that those customers have started to go into that funnel at a very early stage in their journey. And I think that's really critical. Um, um, And if you take those experiences and just make it an extension of what you're already doing, it's not that much hard work.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a really important point you made, though, about these 63% of people. And, you know, maybe they were app users who were just waiting for you to have it. And so they hit your website and they convert straight away. And we do usually talk about it in the terms of retention, but we do have a lot of customers who are surprised in the same way about the amount of organic growth they get. Um, So now you've got the app, um, and now it's, you know, doing well. It looks beautiful, by the way. Um, What role do you see app playing out? in the future you know as part of your engagement strategy
2: yeah i mean, w- I mean just to share a couple of stats with you as well um, it, it you know 63% is new so that's great you've got a great opportunity to to engage those people but the other one, the uh, the 40% are, are our most loyal so you've yeah. got your best of your best in there And uh, it's about 50% um, uh, greater frequency uh, and uh, revenue. Um, So that's great, right? So you've got more opportunities. And I think what it is is that it widens the engagement opportunities that you've got. So just as a small example on this, um, at the moment, we only have the app available to our UK customers, which is about 60% of our business, but we're rolling out into France and Germany um, very soon, actually, yes, at the end yeah, of this month, soon. which is yeah. very exciting because then I can make some more money, which is lovely. <laughs> um, and uh, <clears throat> But, you know, you can do really interesting localised stuff, right? So um, I like to have a bit of fun with these things. Yeah. So uh, during the World Cup, um, we just had a bit of fun. You know, gamification is really important in the digital space now. And so we just ran... Uh, promotions short sharp promotions doing the um England games yeah. and that was you know just a bit of fun we called it world cup widows <laughs> um and then I had a conversation with uh someone at our warehouse and they were really concerned about how we were going to target people whose husbands have died and I was like <laughs> You do have to watch your terminology with these things because i don't <laughs> think we can get that level of segmentation just yet but anyway no but it was extremely it's extremely powerful doing some very in moment very relevant topical stuff that you can just have fun with your customers on and actually push has been a real success for us because the um the click through is at seven percent which is great um and the uh, conversion rate, most importantly, is 24% wow. on those. I mean, you know, we've got an average overall on app which is higher than our web platform, which you'd expect, but yeah. that is a dramatic difference. So opens up lots of interesting opportunities for you. And it's interesting, again, hearing some of the ways that we can yeah. actually personalise that more, and we should be doing that, and obviously you know, making the journey for the new customers who are downloading that much more engaging and interesting around our proposition.
1: And coming into it thinking, you know, actually, is an app just going to potentially cannibalize what I already do really well on mobile web? Has launching the app changed your mind now? You actually see that it's sort of a different channel? Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we've all, well, we should have all become a bit channel agnostic, right? You know, I mean, as I said to you earlier, you know, I use the app. I'm our best customer, by the way. I buy a lot of our own makeup. Um, and uh, I use a combination of two because I've got an iPad. So I've got our website open that I'm looking at and looking at seeing what our customers are looking at. And so I sometimes shop there. If I, You know, I sometimes shop on the app because I'm on my mobile phone. I might be somewhere. I might be somewhere else. It's just the way, you know, people shop these days. So That's I think, cool. you know, the point is about... And I think it was mentioned again. Is being present everywhere and yeah. being visible is probably the most important thing you can do. You know, we engage in all social channels. You know, uh, you've got to be at the forefront of the the trends around this. And we're one of the biggest um, brands uh, on uh, beauty brands on TikTok. And you know, and 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 people are searching now in TikTok. Yeah. So that you know, you've got to stop stressing so much about Google these days and actually yeah. start looking at where where the consumer is. So it's kind of the same sort of principle really
1: So it's basically show up, be there on the channels, yeah. and give your customers a choice of yeah. how they want to shop. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. so, what are you most excited about now when it comes for you know shopping via the app or engagement yeah. via the app? Well, so, um. I
2: think you know we're all in a bit of a process of consolidation. Nobody's got really any development budget as much as <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, and and certainly um, while we're doing a couple of things, I think that this year is going to be more challenged around budgets. So it's all about yeah. optimizing that experience, yeah. look, using the tools that you've got trying to create more connected customer journeys across the platforms that they are using, whether that's through the marketing channels and through to the shopping channels. Um, but I'm really excited about live shopping, yeah. so we already do a lot of this within TikTok. Uh, beauty lends itself very nicely to yes. tutorial type, you know, discussions and, and, and demonstrations. So we already do lots of Instagram Lives, um, either in-house hosted or externally with creators. Um, and I definitely firmly believe, and I'm very excited about the mm. the, the, the idea of being able to deliver that ourselves. now. Again, considerations around how we would produce that and all of those sorts of things, but um, we were an early adopter of um, TikTok Shop uh, as a as a a test. Didn't work very well, I have to (laughs) say, at that time. Um, But it's definitely it's definitely coming. So social commerce is definitely on its way, and it's just about making it a slick experience. So I think there's the live shopping engagement going that uh, you know being able to educate your customer and then there's the you know being able to instantly shop through the channels that they're they're watching you on as well i think those are two very exciting things
1: that's great it sounds like we're going to have our work cut out this year so uh well look sally i'm going to sort of wrap it up there thank you so much for talking with us we're delighted to have revolution beauty as one of our customers really pleased with the app excited to see you launch in france and germany um and you know here's to further app growth thank you sally yeah, thank you. Uh, for the second of our conversations, um, I'd like to invite sort of Pat. Uh, here. Uh, Matt is the IT director of Hobbycraft. So Matt, this is just going to be like one of our Friday afternoon conversations just in front of about a hundred odd people so...
3: <laughs> are you have to play tennis afterwards?
1: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, no not to the weekend not but uh, <laughs> <time>. <laughs> and these lights are so bright, they're like these seasonal disorder lights actually yeah. so uh, um, but look, excited to have you here and one of the current projects we're working on, yeah. so probably the question to say why, why now for app? Because you have spent time launching a website, you've got a very strong omni sort of approach sort of, what was it about you know the app now that you decided this is the right time to actually embark on opening it up as a channel
3: yeah so we, we've been looking at app for i've I've been at hobbycraft for five years we've been looking at app seriously on and off for probably three three and a half of those um i think we had um a need to clear some digital um kind of core parts of the platform up and running so we had a very old um, technology platform running the website um, our data frankly was in a bit of a mess. So um, three and a half years ago, we weren't ready to, to kind of branch out above just core e-commerce on the .co.uk site. Um, so for us, part of it was needing to get our house in order, I guess. Um, we're a PE-owned business as well, so you, you've got to pick your winners carefully. Um, they, they don't, you know, it, it's uh, everything has to be justified and pretty much a guaranteed winner. So I think for us, once we got through our um, migration to Salesforce uh, Commerce Cloud, um, for us, it was really a case of what comes next. And we looked at a few things. We had a bit of a, a dabble with subscriptions, which has launched. Um but then the next round was really to um, look into uh, the, the, the role that app could play in our strategy and some of that was around giving more tools to digital marketers great to hear all of the um the content around personalization i think got mentioned a few times um <laughs> but also um just in terms of where we're going with uh, third party versus first party data you know there is a real coming together of need as much as anything
1: and now you've decided on app and and actually sort of like working with you it's been really interesting to see the cross-board alignment, that it wasn't just seen as an app for marketing or an app for digital. It's clearly going to be at the centre of a lot of things that you choose to do with your customer. Um, Where do you see that sitting and where do you see the app going once it's launched?
3: Yeah, so it's um, interesting to hear from Revolution Beauty because a lot of what you've experienced we're hoping to. Um, (laughs) So where where you're talking around a lot of your core loyal customers being um, very uh, prevalent on the app, we're we're hoping and expecting the same. Um, It's probably worth saying that from a Hobbycraft point of view, we don't sell many um, end products, I'm going to call them. But if you think of, if you go into Hobbycraft, there's lots of um, component products, as we call them. So a lot of people are, are buying these component products to then make something, whether that's For themselves as a gift or we have quite a a large uh, proportion of our customer base that are effectively then selling as a business so um, whether it's out on Etsy or whatever it might be so from our point of view what we look to do is not just sell the product we also look to offer the inspiration we also look to um, offer the support and the guidance we run workshops um, that that customers can join in person or online Um, so these are all things around an extended purchase journey it's not just you know we get impulse buys absolutely but you know for us we We see the app as being that real opportunity to um, encourage the fact that we can offer inspiration, we can offer guidance, we can offer support. And within that, we've got some really great products, sustainably sourced. And um, for us, app is a good way of getting the the best engagements of the best of Hobbycraft online. we are predominantly though still a stores business, so yeah. the 112 stores are probably still around about three-quarters of our business. But you know, the app for us is also around how do you join those two channels together and, and really bring that rich experience into, into people's devices.
1: And you've been very careful um, uh, to really think through the app experience because you know and expect your most loyal customers to move to it. Um, but, you know, sort of, what are, are there aspirations beyond that, you know, to, I mean, you know, Sally's perspective that actually the surprise was new customers coming in to download the app straight away, uh, or is it predominantly at the moment just offering those customers a richer experience and the opportunity to effectively, sort of like to carry on their journey in store or sort of on the app or really on the website?
3: Yeah, we, we don't... Um, uh, apologies, I'm really bad at names. Someone made a really good point earlier, which is that, um, you know, the touch points with customers can just be many and varied. You, you need to be in the right place at the right time. Um, so we, we don't obsess too much about channel shift. My colleague Hannah's up there probably saying, well, we do from a budgeting point of view. But from a from a customer <laughs> point of view, it's really about how do you kind of interact with Hobbycraft in the way that suits you at the time that suits you and for us to be present uh, to give the best service, the best advice. Um, so I think for us... Um, Um, yeah the 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 kind of app part of it plays in really well I think also um, Winnie I think it was mentioned around um, live streaming and you know just have Mm -hmm. app as a vehicle within which you could probably maximize that opportunity which you know for me I'm sat there thinking well yeah we could absolutely do you know effectively online workshops but with mass attendance and you know this is how you use We, we have although probably about 85% 85% of our customers are women. A lot of them are, are kind of into very specialist crafting. Um, but we get quite a lot of people at a younger demographic who are just personalising their clothing, for example, and that comes under crafting for us or hobbies. So, you know, could you teach them how to do that? And, again, overlay the inspiration piece. So, um, so again, lots of things that we think from the higher or better quality engagement that we can really um, offer more to the customer, give them that more inspiration, more support.
1: I mean, I think live streaming will work really well for you, actually. But I think what we're hearing, and it's coming out you know, from a number of the retailers here, is that you're thinking about things in a different way. So rather than thinking about the channel that they shop and being protective about it, actually you don't mind because it's really about how they want to shop with you and you have to be present on all these channels. Um, so in that in mind, uh, how are you going to differentiate the app from other ways of shopping that you already have?
3: Yeah, and that, that was probably um, one of the big tipping points for us in in terms of, you know, do we or don't we go ahead with the app? As I say, for probably in our annual business planning rounds, which I guess are present in a lot of retail businesses, we we kind of almost put it on the list and then took it off. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that it went on and stayed on this time was that um, we, we just saw a, a more compelling need. Um, so for, from our point of view... Um, you know, the, the, like you say, it isn't about which channel do people prefer. It's being the present. the The, the big trigger point for us was that. Um I think in the previous three years, we hadn't really found the compelling what's different from the website, so, you know, we'd be talking, well, it's shopping plus, but what's the plus, and I think for us, again, it's that piece of, you know, learn from the experience of people who probably broken ground on apps years and years ago in terms of, if you look at them now, there's probably still a different proliferation of, you know, two or three apps, some that do loyalty, some that do shopping, some that do inspiration. Our view was that we had the proposition, the data, the content, the production, um, and the support and the, the colleagues who could back up all of the above. So from our point of view, we, we're going to have um, an app as definitely a shopping channel, but we're going to take the Ideas Hub that we've got on the website, absolutely maximise that. Like we say, things like live streaming, but it was that fact that we could absolutely see the, the value and the additional um, function or service to the customer, and, and that made it compelling, and that really got us over the line.
1: And the design's going to be beautiful as well, because I know you it spend a lot like of is. time looking at that. so uh, exactly. oh, it's not live yet, but uh, we're, we're working hard on it at the moment, but should be out sort of my late spring.
3: Yeah, end of May is currently <laughs> on the plan. I'd, just uh, a late but yeah, yeah end we'll of May. So uh, Fabio, <laughs> indeed, no pressure.
1: <laughs> and you know, look, the apps—the app's, uh, apps going to be there. It's going to be beautiful. So, what are you most excited about? You know, once the launch is out of the way, because I know that the team are are, are really locked into actually making sure that the app launches at the moment. But what's next? So,
3: yeah, and I think I think that's the key thing. I mean, I sit here as the IT director, but as you say earlier, there's lots of cr- cross-functional activity just to get ready to maximise the opportunity and. Lots around um, the conversion piece the reach piece and the engagement piece so um, when Sally's talking about all the the surprisingly high number of new customers I mean if we can tap into even a, a proportion of the percentage you got that would be um, an amazing result for us because we're not necessarily expecting that to be a big number so if it if it ends up being a, a surprising delighting yeah. stat in the mix then that would be great but but absolutely we're, we're kind of working on as I say the optimization of the opportunity it isn't we're really careful not to just land the and then let it fester we need to um you know keep it fresh keep adding to it I was talking to Chris earlier around, you know, typically how often the customer's taking upgrades because one of the big things around selecting POC was the fact that there is that really strong product roadmap. Um, How often do we take advantage of that? Is it annually? Is it more often? Is it triggered by other work we're doing? And that's just from a a product development side of things. But how we engage with customers and uh, really kind of put the right messages, how do we exploit push is is definitely a big opportunity as well. And I think
1: it's really exciting the way you've thought about it because we do see, less so now... You know, we call it, you know, in pop world, launch and leave. So all the effort goes on actually launching the app. And then actually not so much thought then goes on to how, how we're going to grow, how we're going to learn. And actually right from the get go, your team have been so aligned to really think that through. Um so you know we're really excited about it now so uh. yeah and I think
3: I think the support you guys are offering in, in there is really important for us we're, we're all of our teams within a hobby craft are, are, are small and, and well formed um but there are certain aspects where we have to buy in the specialism or lean heavily on on partners and again from a, a pop point of view that that was evident that you, you've got a team that can really kind of augment and grow and en- enhance the skills that we have and we we can learn and kind of pick up more as we go along so well, thank you for yeah.
1: that I think you know we have got some brilliant experts in the room. And I guess the one thing that we all share is that we're we're pretty passionate about apps. So we always say we'll be your app champions. So <laughs> um, thank you very much. We're going to end it there. Matt, it was an absolute pleasure. And you know, look out on your Apple store or your Google store come end of May, because the Hobbycraft app's coming to uh, a Play Store near you. Thank you. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> John, um, welcome. Um, it's much. a pleasure to have you here because um I think your your feet don't touch the ground <laughs> 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 you're a very busy person, but you've had uh, with some very interesting uh, acquisitions that uh, you've recently made so before we get into it, I think it would be great for the audience to understand more about arena flowers because it's a really interesting business that many people may not know that much about
4: yeah i think we're probably the least well-known brand here um so arena flowers is a direct-to-consumer flower business but it's also part of the arena flowers group um we call it arena online arena online effectively is made up of three parts now um so hyperion is our fulfillment platform that we've built and developed over the last uh three or four years Um, And it's capable of doing some kind of incredible things. We have insights and data analysis, which gives us a great read on customers uh, that we do and don't serve. And then also uh, an incredible fulfillment platform that allows us to do um, incredible personalization, high degrees of specificity at enormous scale. Um, So if you think about your local florist, uh, they can take your order, they can understand your order, they can personalize it, they can build it exactly as you like it. Um, And then they can allow you to walk out the door having taken your money. We have to do that. Uh, sometimes at about 160,000 of those in a day, um, and to provide that kind of specificity and personalization is complex. Uh, so for about 50 weeks of the year I enjoy that, and about two weeks of the year, one of which is coming up, um, <laughs> I loathe it, because um, it's terrifying. Um, we've talked a little bit about... Uh, so the, Hyper- uh, the Hyperion thing is you know, it's phenomenal and fantastic. Arena Flowers is a consumer brand, um, as I say, it's not very well known. Um, and outside of those people who do know us, who then become evangelical about us. Um, we are, a lot like Amy was talking about, um, we own the product right the way through yeah. to the farms. So many of our competitors, brilliant brands they might be, are just brilliant brands. We make sure we understand what's being planted, where it's being planted, with which growers, they share the same values. And then we strip out through disintermediation uh, cost, which allows us to pay growers a bit more, get better quality pass it on to customers. So that piece is good. And then the third piece you refer to is the acquisition of Patch. Thank you, Frank, for (laughs) your noble um, (laughs) inclusion of the fantastic email chain that they've created. But they're a great business, great team. We're delighted to have them aboard. It means that we've now got flowers expertly done, plants expertly done, and then Hyperion supporting B2B fulfillment.
1: I mean, so fascinating business, and I think that ethical uh, dimension shouldn't be underestimated. (laughs) Um, Who is a, a typical Arena Flowers customer? Um, for for you I mean is there is there a typical customer
4: I think um, for about again 48 49 weeks of the year there is a bit of a divergence <laughs> and then the week into Valentine's Day and the weekend to Mother's day it's um, everybody um, we've all got uh, parents we've often got loved ones um, we I mean the data tells us that we treat our Mothers more than we treat our loved ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're just the facts. They're nothing to do with me. They're just the facts. Um, but yeah, so we have we have lots of data. Cust- customers, typically an Arena customer who's a subscriber, is a customer who recognises the, the the benefits of es- uh, of ethicality and sustainability. Is interested, acknowledges that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think flowers we consider to be um, an accessible luxury. Um, so. You know, it's a considered purchase, right? You know, you you don't spend 35 quid quickly. You have to think about it, and there's lots of options out there to to buy from someone else. So, outside of subscription, customers are typically celebrating an important moment and marking an important occasion. And so, we treat that very seriously uh, because sometimes, you know, it might be the only time they buy a year, sometimes they might be buying more frequently. Um.
1: And um, when when we first started talking, I think <laughs> it was the height of the first wave of COVID. Yep. Um, seeing as Amy sort of brought COVID up, and um, and and that's when you actually decided that. An app might be a really good thing to do. Yeah. So, t- talk to me a little bit about the decision process you went through, because you have so you have Shopify, you have mobile web. So, what was it about that that then made you think, right? We now need to offer this to to our customers.
4: I could pretend this was a really sophisticated decision, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, one one of the um, one of our large B two B clients is Moonpig. Um, so, we are their sole supplier of all things um, floral and horticultural, and um, we noted that they had done an incredible job of just forcing people through the app mm. uh, for lower cost of acquisition and better yeah. brand loyalty and awareness and immersion um, and we really liked the idea of it and frankly the the pandemic was good to us um we were a pure online play business so we've seen quite a lot of uplift and traffic and it generated some revenue and we wanted to do two things really we had no interest in paying dividends buying boats islands all that sort of stuff we were interested only in um, investing in the business uh, for the future so we we spent a bit of money going into Hyperion and um, really making sure our fulfillment platform platform was best in class and yeah. really difficult to compete with. And um, and then wanted to think about how we would build out our communication with customer. Yeah. And app felt absolutely the right thing to do.
1: And you know, when, when launching the app, how how <laughs> did the original ambitions change from when you launched it to the results that you started to see? Because there were some, some slight differences, I mean hopefully good, but differences from what you expected and what you actually got.
4: I think go back a little bit to um, what is our customer. So we we'd, we'd seen enormous growth in subscription because yeah. you know we'd launched it coincidentally just before the pandemic, um, and then everybody wants flowers at home, so we had this you know rapid rapid growth. And so when we pitched out the idea of an app, yeah, when we and you guys were phenomenal at that that, that part of the process, um, you you were one of I think two or three that felt that they could do both gifting and subscription. Yeah. Um, and I think one of only two that we felt could do both gifting and subscription. Um, and I think for us, the key was having a partner uh, that could also flex with us and provide us support and guidance post-launch. Yeah. And POC were head and shoulders above anybody else. Well, in that's that.
1: really good to hear. And I think there's a lot of the team who've been involved in that working on it. So um, what now? So the app's launch, I mean, the conversion rate is, is pretty strong. So mm. what's next for the app?
4: Um, I think we would agree or we would we believe that the it's immersion, right? So we, we've done it, we've done a really good job of creating a beautiful aesthetic that converts four or five times better than any other channel for mm-hmm. us. Um higher average order value than anybody else, greater frequency of purchase than any other channel. So we're you know, we're super happy with it from a transactional perspective. What we haven't done yet is build out some of the immersive element that we yeah. want to. And so I guess um for us that's we've got a fantastically visual product. We've got a fantastic and loyal customer base. Um, can we start to bring more reasons for customers who aren't yet aware of the Flowers to come into the or uh, when
1: it's not a buy moment to come in and actually immerse just themselves more? Participate, so that uh, yeah. makes perfect sense. So uh, and we've got live
4: sell. Well, about live sell would make perfect sense for you within yeah. the
1: app. So how to how to arrange the flowers? I mean, your your boxes come with like beautiful instructions, but uh, yeah. um, to actually show how to do that would be great for your app. Yeah. Um, so, what are you most excited about then about about the app and then the the, the business generally moving forward?
4: <laughs> uh, um, as you said, my feet don't touch the ground very often, so there's 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 a lot to um, lot to be said for a quiet week around <laughs> Valentine's probably. Um, so, I think I think we're 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 expecting the, the patch acquisition is um, a pivot a pivot moment for us um, because I think it demonstrates that we can onboard you know really very capable teams yeah. um, of people and. And bring them into um, our fulfilment place, where, yeah. where where we can then sort of reduce the economics for them, but also bring in brand, yeah. um, and and then and then amplify to a different audience what they do. Because yeah. Patch are also you know a, a brilliant brand in London, but not well known elsewhere. O- outside, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a there's definitely an M&A play for us over the yeah. next 12-18 uh, months, and I think that will be. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting 18 months anyway for brands. It's, t- it's tough out there, right? Yeah. Um, I think. Outside of that, we've got a whole, a whole load of work going on with um, supply chain because we think we can strip out further cost okay. um, from our supply chain. And what that then means is we'll be investing heavily in marketing. Yeah. Um, and our big, yeah. big push, as Shimi knows, is to, <laughs> here. C- to get behind, um, to get yeah. behind you know, f- f- rapid downloads. right? So yeah. with the conversion rate we've got, with the average spend we've got, with the frequency we've got, the best way to smash through ROI is to just have more people participating yeah. through the app.
1: Well, I know that we're really excited to help you work on that. So, uh,
4: so
1: John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming today and and touching the ground and actually spending some time with us. uh, Thank you so much for having um, me. Thank you very much. Cheers.
0: Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed listening to those insights. We certainly did on the day. Um, it was a great day um, and if you want to know more about what we covered you can head over to popcommerce.com, where we've got all the content from the actual day itself. Um, until next time, thank you.